not just difficult, a difficult situation but uh, a controversial situation in terms of how we deal with the challenges that are put before us. And there are some specific challenges that have been placed before the church in Australia and in particular in Sydney and I would imagine Melbourne as well being the two main areas where there are um, outbreaks of coronavirus at the moment. And so uh, firstly I want to thank everybody for their patience as we evaluated some difficult choices over the last few days, although in reality it's been uh, a process of evaluating difficult choices for many, many months now. Uh, our first lockdown in Sydney was in March of uh, 2020 and here we are um, a year and a half later and if anything the restrictions that were under are greater than they were then for various reasons. And. Uh, I'm not the sort of person that makes decisions quickly. Um, I don't like jumping on bandwagons. I like to know uh, the full extent of uh, both sides of a situation before I make a decision. When I make a decision, I like to stick to it. And um, so I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the actual situation that we find ourselves in. And then I'm going to speak about what we've decided to do as a church. And then I'm going to move into uh, some prophetic about uh, where God has us and where he's taking us. And um, I've got a couple of extra people helping me with live stream tonight because we're going to hear from Pastor Sylvia from our um, prophet. Okay. I don't know if you guys can hear me at the moment. We're just pausing to see if we can get the internet issues sorted. So what did I already say uh, gets streamed or not? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did? Okay. Okay, so uh, <laughs> the enemy loves to work in all sorts of nefarious ways. So let me start this again. The state government of New South Wales has mandated that for houses of worship, such as Open Heaven Church, reopening can occur once the vaccination rate in New South Wales hits 70% fully vaccinated However, there are extra conditions attached to reopening which I needed to evaluate that are being imposed. Firstly, uh, no singing. Secondly, mandatory masks in a public worship service. Thirdly, a four square metre rule. But the one that causes the most concern is the rule that only fully vaccinated people can attend a public service. And uh, when I sent out a text last Sunday asking our congregation to let me know whether uh, you were planning on getting vaccinated. It was simply so that we could evaluate what options were open to us and therefore make a fully informed decision for our church, not for any other reason. I want to thank the many people who replied who also included uh, messages of personal encouragement who understand how difficult this season is and how multifaceted all the decision-making processes are. So we met as an overall leadership team, church council and young adult leaders uh, via Zoom on Thursday night to discuss the whole scenario that we're in. And over the last week in particular, I have formed a very firm position on where we should stand as a church by the time that we had the meeting on Thursday night, I had a very strong conviction about what we should do, but I didn't want to preempt that with our leaders by speaking about what I felt we needed to do. So I asked all our leaders to speak first in turn and give me their opinion on what they felt the Lord was saying to them about our situation. The unanimous conclusion we have all come to 
is that we will not reopen the church whilst we are being forced to discriminate on the government's behalf against unvaccinated people amongst our congregation. To clarify, the government has said we can reopen our church once the full vaccination rate reaches 70% in New South Wales, but only if we exclude non-vaccinated people. We would also have to check each person's vaccination status at the door and we will not be reopening our public services under those conditions. That's the decision that I've made with the full support of our leadership team and I hope and believe that our church community will support our decision and continue to support each other in this difficult time. I also want to be transparent about something, and you'll see why in a minute. I want to be transparent that I have been vaccinated against COVID-19 with my second vaccination scheduled for this coming Monday. The reason that I make this clear is not to influence you in your decision, but because it will give you clarity about where I stand. It's important for you to know that I was not influenced toward this decision because I am not vaccinated, nor was uh, I influenced uh, toward the decision because I am against vaccination. I'm not. I'm just not. So church for time being will remain online. And tomorrow morning we're actually upgrading some more of our equipment uh, so that our live stream capabilities are enhanced further than the standard that we have them at the moment. And we'll be continuing with our twice weekly services. Now, during our uh, leadership meeting on Thursday night, I was asking for people's input and... So I'd been praying about it for a while, ever since it was announced. And I felt like God asked me what my response should be if I wasn't vaccinated. I've had both jabs. And he said that the mature response for those who are unvaccinated should be that I made my choice and I'll pay the price. And I thought, that's fine. <laughs> Didn't bother me. But then a couple of days later, he turned it around and he said, what's your response to someone who's vaccinated? And I said, what should my response be, God? And he said, your response should be one of obedience, honour and love to lay down your rights as one who is vaxxed and stand with the unvaxxed. So surrender your ability to open church and attend till all are free to come to be willing to sacrifice out of love for our brothers and sisters. And all that day, God kept talking to me about body and how we're body. And if we cut off bits, we're not complete, we're not whole. And he kept giving me the scripture, if one member suffers, we all suffer. And then he said, you know, how often do you get to lay down your lives for each other? And I wrote all that down in my journal and went away. And then I heard him say, and this is the higher ground. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's truly a godly perspective. Um, the other thing that I'm acutely aware of is that there is already a spirit of division attempting to wreak havoc amongst us, and I refuse to succumb to it. We love you all, and I have the utmost respect for the decisions that you have each made individually around vaccination. Given the amount of information and misinformation around about this issue on both sides, let me say that it takes faith to make the choice to be vaccinated. It also takes faith to make the choice to remain unvaccinated. Our pathway forward out of pandemic is as a united body of believers. Further, let me say that it is unconscionable that the New South Wales government should expect me to ask to act as their enforcer to police what is in effect a form of vaccine apartheid upon our church. 
But I want to make the point that this is not just about our church, this overreach of government. It's also just as much an overreach when it's applied to any business, restaurant, cafe, club or community group or anywhere else where this is being enforced. It is accurate to describe what's being asked of the Australian community. It's accurate to describe it as a form of apartheid. I also believe it would be hypocritical for any church to demand special measures or exemptions to reopen when all around us the community is suffering under lockdown. Such demands would quite possibly be construed as the church being more concerned about our rights and not genuinely caring for those around us. And that's something that we can't do. So our decision is made with the intent that those who are not Christians who might see this video would understand that we are taking this stand with and for our community as a whole, not against it. Furthermore, I find it unacceptable that the New South Wales government is coercing, manipulating and bullying people to be vaccinated. People are losing their jobs because of mandatory vaccination policies. While in certain fields it may well be appropriate, enacting these policies while simultaneously refusing to engage in any meaningful debate about the effectiveness of these measures is not what our governments have been elected to do. When compared with the toll being taken on our community in the areas of mental health, addiction, suicide, domestic violence and other pressures on our community, the lockdown orders appear to be increasingly draconian and out of proportion. Lifeline is receiving the greatest number of calls per day in its history. The economic cost in Sydney alone is estimated at $200 million per day. Plus, of course, there is the fact that many businesses will not recover because by the time lockdown ends, they will have closed their doors for good. We are racking up an enormous debt that our children will be paying long after we are gone. However, <laughs> I believe that there is good news to look forward to. I believe that in line with other countries that have recently reopened without restrictions, such as the UK, which rolled back their idea of vaccine passports, Sweden and Denmark, we will be able to reopen soon. The example that has already been set by overseas nations that 80% full vaccination is an acceptable point at which to reopen without these types of onerous restrictions, that example, I believe, is the one that our government is attempting to follow. Given that in our state of New South Wales we are already at 80% single vaccination, it is reasonable to assume that by early to mid-November we will reach that figure of 80% full vaccination and I believe at that point the government will lift the restrictions being imposed upon unvaccinated people without pushing onerous mandates any further. I believe as Christians we need to be believing for this, that this idea that people who are not vaccinated belong in a lower class in our society, that must come to an end. We all want our freedoms restored in full and we all want to worship together. But let me say this, we all went into lockdown together and we are all coming out together. I refuse to treat any member of our church as a second-class citizen purely because they have made a decision which I believe they have come to prayerfully and in, uh, in the best way that they could consider all the possibilities. Um, I want to hand it over for a moment to Kim. Kim is, a, is the leader of our young adults and she's going to speak to this a little bit as well and then I'll come back and we'll get into uh, what I believe the Lord is, is teaching us about our current season and where he's taking us. Kim, would you come? Um, good evening, everyone. 
Pastor John asked me to say a few words to our young people, you know, being the youth leader. Um, firstly, I want to commend you guys, all of you. You're really doing the best you can in this situation. And I just want to continue to speak joy over you. I want to speak unity over all of us. And I know firsthand, you know, myself being a young person, that it's hard to be a young person in this world. We feel as though we have so much burden on our shoulders. We feel like we need to save the world. We need to save our friends and family. And at the same time, we also feel so discounted, like our voices are discounted because we're young, simply because we're young. And in this age of rife activism, especially on social media, we may be pressured to have our own voice and to make sure our voices stand strong against the other voices that say that anything goes. But are we sure that we are hearing God's voice? Are we speaking God's truth? I want to comment on Mark 3, 22 to 25, where Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. And it goes, And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebub. And by the prince of demons, he cast out the demons. And he called to them and said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against that kingdom, it cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. So we can learn from this passage that united houses are important to God, right? Just as Jesus makes it a point that Satan wouldn't prosper if he was against himself, he makes an even bigger point in seeing the house as the body of Christ, dealing with the same self-inflicting wounds. We can't inflict the same wounds on ourselves, on our brothers and sisters. The world is tumultuous enough. We reflect God, not the world, right? So how can we have turmoil within his followers? Candice Lucy writes, division begins in secret. We see in the Bible time and time again, for example, the Pharisees always colluded together in secret behind Jesus' back. Division begins in our hearts. What is the desire of our hearts? Is it to sow division or to fervently desire unity in the body of Christ? Unity is not something that you can just hope for. It's not wishful thinking. Only Christ can unite us. And I've seen it in our church. There's so many cultures, different generations and personalities. Yet we have looked past those differences to rejoice and fellowship together. And I know that we will continue to look past these differences. We will not let these labels of vaccinated or, or unvaccinated divide us. I believe we can continue to stand united through this time. So young people, I know we are pressured to have our voice and to have others hear our voice. But are we speaking God's truth? What are we hearing? What are we reading? What are we listening to? What are we watching? Does it line up with God's truth, with his vision? This is a highly emotional time, and we may be reacting to our own emotions and personal opinions, not God's voice. And while it's great to have your own voice, I believe he's cautioning us we have to be careful about our own pride. Like what Renee spoke about last week, are we really about the Father's business or are we about our opinions? What is the Father's truth? Ask him, he will reveal that to your heart. Young people, I wanna say, you don't need to prove yourself to anyone. 
you don't need to be right all the time. It's okay to be wrong. This is a journey. You are growing and your character will grow from mistakes and from trials. You are allowed to receive advice and wisdom from your mentor, from your brothers and sisters in Christ. We are accountable to each other. But ultimately, if you don't know or if you're unsure, you need to seek God first. So I really want to bring it back to the basic. The greatest commandment. What is the greatest commandment? Jesus said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Regardless of your stance, whatever, let's not forget the grace that has been afforded to us from Christ that saved us from damnation. And he asked us to demonstrate that same grace to others. You know, your pastors, your leaders, the humans. And we need your prayer, we need your love, we need your support and your grace. You know, it's something that I kind of almost forgot myself until I listened to Pastor Sylvia's um, prophetic voice when she talked about sacrifice. And I was like, wow, that's what it's about, fellowship. It's about grace. Regardless of your opinions, your stance, your beliefs, we don't have to always agree with each other. And I know that we're not always going to agree with each other because we're different. That what's That's what... God created us to be. That's the beauty of being human as well. But let us not be divided by opinions and, you know, what people say, what the media says. And I also just want to reiterate what Pastor Sylvia said. I got the same thing. We are different parts of the same body of Christ. If you were to lose a finger right now, if you were to lose a limb right now, you would feel it. And it's the same as the body of Christ. We would feel it if we didn't have you, young people, right? You are part of the body. Without one part of the body, the body doesn't operate at 100%. So we want to hear your voice as well. And I'm speaking to myself as well. We want to hear you. Um, in prayer meeting, in intercession, in fellowship. You know, we want to see you. We want to fellowship together. You know? And we're so privileged to be able to even meet up online. And I hope and pray that we can see more of you guys and interact with more of you guys from now on. Amen. Thank you, Kim. Beautifully put. Um, you know, it's worth uh, comparing our situation with the Spanish flu pandem pandemic of uh, 1918. And um, I saw a, um, a series of articles from that time about how churches dealt with it. And so um, the best they could do was they would print out a letter for each church each week and encourage families to read that at home and they could not meet together in any format whatsoever and so at least in this pandemic we do have a means of staying in touch with each other and connecting one of the things that we have discovered is that um, in the spirit there is no distance in terms of limiting the power of god we've seen people healed and delivered particularly in the prophetic ministry meetings um, and so um, we're going to have to be patient. If you've ever um, prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, give me patience, well, here you are. So, <laughs> um, so what about between now and when we can reopen, which I believe will be early November? How do we process our present while planning for our future? I believe that this pandemic crisis is the awakening point for revival in our nation. 
without in any way minimising the tragedy of severe illness and deaths that COVID-19 has resulted in, I believe that what the enemy planned for our destruction, God will use for his good. In May of this year, and uh, in May of this year, God gave me a prophetic word for the church in Australia. That prophetic word was, we were entering a season of sifting so that revival can come. We're there now. We're in that season of sifting. It's obvious. Toward the end of June, our city went into lockdown and we are still here. In August this year, I had a vision of a man representing the church standing in a sand dune. The sand dune was changing shape all the time in response to the wind that was blowing and with every change in the wind, pressure was being applied to that man. But the man was immovable because of his foundation on solid rock beneath him. That rock, of course, is Christ. Our culture is gradually shifting and trying to get the church to shift with it. These pressures are coming from different directions all the time and they are constant. But if our foundation is firm, we will stand and God will take us through. On August the 20th, I felt the Lord give me a further prophetic word. And I believe one line out of this scripture really should strike home to us in this moment. And that word was that he is bringing us out into rich fulfilment. And he gave me Psalm 66, 10 to 12. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. Government, are you listening? <laughs> you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment. Our trial is not in vain. That rich fulfillment, I believe, will be in evangelism, in harvest, and in revival. Our approach in these areas needs to change. It needs to change in terms of discipleship. It needs to change in terms of spiritual warfare. It needs to change in terms of our approach to evangelism. I also felt like the Lord wanted to specifically deal with a couple of things tonight. And this is something that the Lord was speaking to me about this morning. In First uh, Peter 5, verses 6 to 7, uh, there's a couple of verses here that once I kind of dug into them should speak prophetically to all of us. And those verses say, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Now in First Peter, in the passage that I just read, care is also translated as anxiety and it comes from a root word that indicates both distraction and division. The enemy is trying to weaponize anxiety against you. He is trying to divide and distract us through the various anxieties attached to our current situation. What does God ask us to do in response? He asks us to cast all our cares, our anxieties, our distractions and the divisions within our own hearts upon him. He cares for us. He will bring us through. And then God took me directly from that scripture into another one and he was speaking to me about having an appropriate fear. And this fear is one that we must embrace. It produces the opposite of anxiety, the opposite of the cares of this world, the opposite of division and the opposite of distraction. In Psalm 86 verse 11, the psalmist cries out to God for this. And he says in this scripture, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart 
to fear your name. When we take all our cares and our anxieties, the divisions within our heart, the divisions amongst us as the people of God, the distractions, and we take all of that and we give it to the Lord and we say to him, Lord, I don't want to fear anything except you. I want to tell you that there is a peace that comes upon your mind, your will and emotions that nothing in this world can emulate. Peace with God is the most important thing any human being can, can have and an aspect of that peace comes from fearing his name because it's in his name that all our promises are yes and amen. And so uh, I felt the Lord this morning speak to me and ask me to take authority over fear and a, a specific aspect of fear. Um, many among us, myself included, have been on the receiving end of uh, various heart attitudes that I believe don't line up with the word of God. And what I see is that fear has got this manifestation of lashing out at others. And so that's where that division comes from. And I recognise the fear response in certain things that I'm hearing from people. And so and I'm hearing the Spirit of the Lord saying to take authority over this ungodly fear. And so in the name of Jesus, I want to declare over every person that watches our live stream or sees this later on on YouTube, that you shall not walk in the fear of man, you shall not walk in the fear of circumstance, you shall not be lashing out because of your anxieties and because of the divisions in your own heart. I declare over you that the Spirit of the Lord is coming upon you now in that manifestation of peace. Power, love and a sound mind are yours by inheritance and the Lord would have you refuse every other fear but the fear of God in this season. I declare over you and I declare over all of us that our hearts will be united individually. There will be no division in our individual hearts and there will be no division among us because we will unite under the banner of the Holy Spirit because the Word of God says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Holy Spirit lifts a banner that we can look to and unite under. Lord, we unite under you tonight and we declare we fear you, but we do not fear man, circumstance, disease or anything else. And I thank you, Father God, for your promises. I want to tell you one more thing that uh, this morning uh, as I was driving to uh, my studio... There's a piece of land that's being developed into a massive industrial area a couple of kilometres from our home and there's a building that's being erected there and at the moment all they have is the steel skeleton with a couple of cranes either side and I could see that the cranes were attached uh, to the sides of this uh, steel structure to give it some added stability. And I was looking at this thing because it didn't look like it was particularly sturdy or strong. It was unfinished. And then I heard the Lord ask me a question. John, what am I building? What am I building? And I heard the Lord say, I am building something that cannot be demolished. I am building something indestructible. I believe he is building his ecclesia and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. But for this to happen, we have to have a love for one another. We have to have peace with God. We have to move from fear to faith. We have to move out of anxiety and cares and distractions and division 
into a place where God can command the blessing that the word of God says comes when brethren dwell together in unity. We have taken a position as a church that commands unity among us. Uh, my wife Kerry, Pastor Kerry, has been waiting on the Lord as well. I'm going to ask her to come and minister what the Lord has been speaking to her about. And then I know that she's got some words of knowledge for people that need to experience some freedom from uh, uh, various things that are going on in their lives at the moment. And we're going to pray for you over live stream. And, um, you know, we don't have to be able to see you face to face to be able to minister in the power of the Holy Spirit because it's God that gives the word of knowledge. And when we take authority in Jesus' name across the condition that the word of knowledge identifies, God moves in power. And if you're, if you're in one of these situations that Kerry is going to prophetically identify, you will be set free tonight. Kerry, would you come? Good evening. Today I'm correct. I didn't say good morning. <laughs> good evening. So while we were praying upstairs to intercede for this meeting, I saw um, God. I normally, you know, God speaks to me in pictures. I saw a blank page. And then God started writing on that blank page. And some of the, the writings was in black and some was in red. As you know, when you read the Bible, the words that are in red is Jesus speaking. And this red was so, like you can't miss it. It was like jumping at you. It was so bright. It was, it, it was like capturing your attention. And uh, when, when I started sharing it with uh, Sylvia, Pastor Sylvia, Pastor Anne-Marie and Margaret, and uh, uh, we had the interpre interpretation that the blank page actually represents the new season that is coming, the new season. And God wants to write it for us. He wants to lead and to guide us. And the writing is so bright and, and you can't miss it, okay, because we are supposed to follow what Jesus is writing. He's going to direct us so uh, accurately, so clearly, that we will not be lost. Okay? We will not be confused. We will not be in the wilderness. The people of God will not be in the wilderness. Okay? We will be directed by Him. And also, the blank page also represents our heart. Okay, because we are allowing God to write it. We are not writing it ourselves. Okay, and God wants to write His destiny, His calling, His instructions for us to follow. So that, that's the prophetic word that God gave me tonight. But I do have a few words of knowledge. Do I start here? Yeah, sure. So I have a few words of knowledge tonight. The first one is God is saying that someone has not fulfilled your side of the bargain or promise with him. And God say he is still waiting for you to fulfill that. Let's pray for these individually, honey, as you, as you give yep. them. Because um, we're not in a situation where we can ask people to respond and then we yeah. pray for them individually. I just want to thank you, Father God, thank for God. that person or those people who have made a commitment yeah. to you in some way and they know that at some point they've fallen short. Mm -hmm. And what I get a picture is of, of somebody who is walking along and they've fallen into a pit of their own making. The Bible speaks about not falling into a pit that you made yourself. And I see this person trying to kind of jump up and grab the, grab the edge of the pit and pull themselves out. And God's saying, I'm going to pull you out 
if you will just acknowledge your weakness and I will come with my strength. I will pull you out of that place. You will have your side of the promise fulfilled by my strength and not your own. So can you receive that tonight? I want to thank you, Lord, that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that person is being encouraged to reach up and take the hand that is extended to them, which is the hand of Jesus. He's mm. pulling you out of that pit. He's putting you back on solid ground, and you are walking on with him in Jesus' name. Yes. Okay. The second one is someone with a physical ailment. You have this dry cough and you've been having it for a while and it's not going away. So we want to pray for that. Lord, we just pray for you, the person or the persons involved who has had this dry, dry cough for a while now. Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus for your healing upon the person or persons. God, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, your touch, God. Father, I am just reminded of the, the woman with the issue of blood. God, and, and she, she, she wouldn't give up. She was persistent and she touched the end of your garment and she was healed straight away. God, we just pray for healing with people with dry cough tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And uh, Lord, I would just, just want to pray specifically for Margaret Carroll who I know has had an issue with dry cough for a long time. It was identified prophetically a couple of weeks ago. Margaret, I have no idea whether your healing is yet complete or not. Um, if it is complete, I just command in Jesus' name that it stays that way. If it is not yet complete, I believe we have the authority of the Lord tonight to say that that dry cough ends now in Jesus' name. Okay, um, another physical uh, problem, uh, someone with a heart issue that comes and goes, it's not probably not to do with your heart, but with your digestion, okay? Um, <clears throat> Lord, we just pray for the person, God, with this problem, God, Father, with the heart problem, God, probably due to indigestion, to acid reflux or heartburn. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, you correct that problem, God. Father, you heal them. Lord, we just claim your healing by the stripes that you suffer on the cross, God. Father, heal them right now. Father, let your Holy Spirit just touch them, God. Touch them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, someone who has a brain fog and it makes you very irritable and very anxious. I'm, I'm just hearing from the Lord with this one uh, to break the power of the spirit of confusion. I want to thank you, Lord, that you are not the author of con confusion. You are the author of right order. Mm. I, I call with this particular person, Lord, I call their thought processes into right order chronological order i see somebody who you have thoughts flying at you from every uh direction and in every type of conceivable sequence and it's very confusing and it's actually producing a mental paralysis in you where you can't you don't feel like you can move forward because you, you can't even process the order in which your thoughts are flying around. And so in the name of Jesus, I speak to that spirit of confusion and I take authority over you now and I command you cease and desist and get off that person's thought processes right now. I speak right order and I cancel the assignment of the spirit of confusion in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that irritability and anxiety are finished tonight. Thank in you, Jesus' God. name. Okay. Okay. Um, got a few more? Three more? So. While you're doing that, hun, did, Sarah, do you want to bring the worship team back up? And when, when she does, when we finish with these, we'll, we'll finish with some worship if you guys want to prepare for that. Okay. This is a word of correction. It's a word of correction. And God is asking you, where is your heart? And God is saying that you have placed other things more important than him. And you've been trying to manage it in your own strength. I believe 
that he's saying that you will find pleasure and contentment now, but it is like a house of cuts, cuts, and there's no foundation in it. Hallelujah. Mm. Lord, I just thank you, Father God, that with every, I think this is for everybody. Lord, that you put our priorities in right order. And Lord, anything, any hard attitude that we have allowed to slip into idolatry, Lord, we ask, Father God, that you would expose that to every heart now, that, Father God, that you would would expose idolatry for what it is, that it's like a house of cards, all you've got to do is go, and the thing just collapses. Whereas, Lord, yes, the house Lord. of God is forever. Mm. I thank you, Father God, that, um, that for those of us mm. who have neglected to build the altar in our homes, mm. in our hearts, that, Lord, we would focus our attention on rebuilding the altar mm. so that, Father God, your blessing can pour down upon our families and upon us as individuals in Jesus' yes. name. Thank you. Okay. The next one, number six, someone has sought the Lord with all their hearts. It seems that there is no answer yet. And God's saying to you, He's growing your patience and your perseverance. And then I saw suddenly a door flung open when you least expect it. <laughs> That's how God works. Yeah. He's the God of suddenly, isn't it? Yes. yes, patience and perseverance. Yeah, there are words for the hour, Lord. Uh, I believe the Lord wants to encourage those who have become discouraged, those who have been seeking the Lord in a particular area of their lives for quite some time now, and it's almost like you're at the end of yourself. God is saying to you, well, that's exactly where I want you to be at the end of yourself because then when I move, you won't take the credit for it. You'll give all the credit and all the glory to me because I'm going to move in your life. Amen. I'm going to restore those things which were broken. I'm going to restore um, the desire. There's one person in particular that you've been standing on the word um, To seek first the Lord, uh, that's, I can't even remember the scripture now, I'm sorry, but um, he will give you the desires of it. Seek first the kingdom, he will give you the desires of your heart. It's along those lines. Um, I believe that the, the Lord is saying to you that you've been standing on that word for a long time. There is something particular that you have desired with all your heart and you believe God promised it to you. And God says to you, I'm re- resurrecting that promise because you've come to the end of yourself. I'm going to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. All right. Last but not least, that this one, there's a family feud that has erupted in the family. You don't know where it has come from and how it is happen, ha- has happened. You are scratching your head. You say, why did this happen? And possibly due to disagreement of opinions regarding the COVID and regarding vaccination even. And it has split the family into different factions. And... Um, you're asking God for an answer. You're asking God to intervene in this matter. That's a that's a great one to be the, uh, the the last word of knowledge because this particular word of knowledge is a microcosm of what's actually happening in the church. So a family that is divided, you know. I think Kim touched on it before. House divided against itself cannot stand. Family divided against itself in an area like this, uh, it, it's it, it's fraught with difficulty. But uh, I, I believe that if each member of the family can unite their heart to fear the Lord, 
that God is going to do something extraordinary in you, that the divisions, the distractions, the cares, the anxieties will be dealt with. And if this is a situation, if this is a situation where part of the family um, is a follower of Jesus and part of the family is not, I believe that those um, who are followers of Jesus, as their heart is united to fear the Lord, that He will give you the authority to pour oil on troubled waters amongst your family members. And they're not even going to understand why they have come back to a place of peace with you, but that's what's going to happen. I declare peace over your family. Yes. I declare peace over Open Heaven Church. I uh, speak against division and I speak against distraction. Those of you who have been uh, doing all this investigating on your on your own behalf into the origins of COVID and whether or not you should get vaccinated, can I just remind everybody that I don't believe we have any immunologists in our church. Don't try and be a scientist. Just understand that everybody has come to a position through their own process and that our, uh, our path forward is in unity, not in division. Um, be extremely careful of ridiculing somebody else's decision. I believe that um, the Lord really wants to deal with that. And so thank, I thank you, Father, that the factions come back together, that division ceases, that the healing balm of the Holy Spirit is being poured out in families, poured out in relationships, poured out on our church and poured out on the churches of Sydney and that our, our society is not only going to come back together again united, but we are going to move forward into revival, renewal and a move of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to finish with some worship uh, tonight, church. I trust that you've been blessed by this service. Um, I trust that you've been encouraged to know that uh, we care for each person in our church individually. We care for you no matter what your position is and how it might differ with somebody else's. And I uh, just want to encourage you. We are coming through this into rich fulfilment. God is telling us there is rich fulfillment in the season ahead. He's already writing on that piece of paper that Kerry saw prophetically in the prayer room upstairs before our service tonight. He's already writing out uh, what's going to happen next in our lives, and it's going to be good. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs>